On today's first round KO, we continue our NFL season preview with the AFC South. We talk the Jaguars, we talk the Titans, we talk about the Texans, and we talk about the Colts. It's a great conversation. We have, a, and me and Connor actually differ on this. Our predictions are a little different. Our thoughts are a little different. It's a great episode. Let's get it. Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSCW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J.D. Moore. I figured out how to get music playing in the background from you uh, from YouTube without having to pay for YouTube Red. Ooh, really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> How'd you do that? And I can't even say I figured it out. I, I, well, me, I learned it because one of my friends from high school, I'm still pretty, pretty good friends with, he shared something on Facebook. And so basically, wow, YouTube's going to hate me if they hear this. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently, if you listen to something, right, on YouTube or whatever it is, you double click your lock, your lock screen. So you press it twice. So essentially, it'll lock it, and then it'll pull back the the home screen or like the lock screen on your thing, and it'll keep playing. And that's what it said. And so I was just like, okay, I feel like this is just something, you know, one of those like things that people post on Facebook and everything, just Quick to make bait. people, yeah, to make people look like a like a like a dumbass, right? Right. So I go and try it out because you know there's this remix that I like of this this one song that I cannot find on Spotify at all. It's right. been over a year, and I just wish they would just release the release the thing. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I tried it, and it worked, and it what? worked completely, and it worked completely fine. So I was just like, "Well, this is kind of me going out of my way now because I just wish some of the songs were on Spotify." But, True. but for songs that I just really need to listen to, which is going to play a big role in the trip that I have to make this weekend then true yeah uh I figured out how to do it and it only took me to be 22 years of age loopholes oh I like right so there's that so if anyone's listening to this you're welcome hacking tips on first round KO also thank you Travis for sharing that I should probably give you credit even though you didn't technically post it post it but you shared it and I learned it from your Facebook page so thanks Travis and for the rest of you you're welcome Shout out to Travis. Well, let's get on with the podcast because today we are continuing our NFL season previews and we are switching over to the AFC today and we are going to start in the South with the AFC South, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Texans. This division has been dominated by the Indianapolis Colts winning nine out of the 16 years in the AFC South. The Colts are not only the only team to win a Super Bowl out of this division, but they are the only team to make the Super Bowl. Tennessee has only won the division twice in 2002 and 2008. Houston has won four out of the last seven years, 
And Jacksonville has only won the division one time, and that was last season, 2017, where they finished. Uh, they finished first at 10-6. and six. They were the third seed in the AFC playoffs. The Titans finished in second at 9-7. and seven. They were the fifth seed, uh, the wild card in the playoffs. And the Colts... Uh, the Colts finished third at four and twelve, and the Texans also finished at four and twelve, but the Colts had the tiebreaker there. Not that it really matters too much, but yeah. So that's but the Colts. It's it's worth noting that the Colts and Texans were missing key quarterbacks for the majority of last season. Um, so that is most likely the reason for the low records. So we are going to start. Our predictions, our analysis with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the reigning champions. Connor, what do you think about the Jaguars this year? Ooh, I just had to let out a ginormous yawn. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm boring you already. I just no. found all of those facts, and I'm just, I'm just boring you. <laughs> no, no. You can blame my lack of sleep last night because I felt the need to listen to music until basically 2.30 in the morning. Oh, I feel yeah. that hard. Ninja Sex Party just dropped an album on Friday, and I've it's been on repeat. I was not listening to that, but thank you for giving me something else that's probably going to keep me awake at night tonight. You are welcome. <laughs> so, I was, so I was listening to music, and I was also playing WWE Supercard, because <laughs> what else do I do at 2 in the morning if I'm not playing FIFA? Anyways, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Football. Got it. Football. All right. So... I'm going to right now tell you the biggest question mark with this team. I'm just going to get it out the way. Don't say right it. Right now. Don't say it. I know what you're you going to say. Don't you say it. Exactly what, you know exactly what I'm going to say. And I'm just going to – the question mark is just in – it's just in one name on this team. And it's Blake Bortles. And so far in the preseason, he's not having – the greatest of preseasons. We can, I think, we can certifiably say that in the most recent game against the Vikings, he. I mean, then again, that we did go, we did go at length talking about how how good that Vikings defense is. Yes, but still, this is the same guy who led his offense, led his team to the AFC title game, and almost beat the Patriots to an extent, you know, had the Patriots on the ropes for a little while. So I worry about, I worry about consistency for Blake Bortles. That's the, that's the biggest thing. I really worry about consistency. It's not so much. Can he duplicate last year? You know, if they stick to the same, to the same formula where they don't try to beat defenses all on him, like they used to a few years ago until last year where they had Leonard Fournette and, a really good supporting cast around him, then I would, you know, since, since, since they're not going to that formula, then they're fine. As long as they stick to the formula that they have now, I think they'll be fine. But it's, but you still need consistent play out of Blake Bortles. And I wonder if he can replicate that. I would hope that he would since he has all, since they've given him the confidence, they gave him that contract extension when they easily could have went out and drafted and held off on the contract extension and could have gotten a quarterback at, and traded up to draft a quarterback this this past draft or even with this upcoming draft class. But they didn't. They invested all the trust in him, and 
they've got a he, he's got to repay him back, and he's got a good again a good cast around him. Leonard Fournette's going to come back, and he's healthy. T.J. Yeldon in the form of his in the form of his backup, a good one-two punch there. Marquis Marquise Lee, really good wide receiver. Keelan Cole, uh, Dade Westbrook, Dante Moncrief is even on the team as a listed as a third string on here. You know, it's still wide receiving core that after the Allen Robinson injury last year when he went went out for the season, a lot of people were wondering if we were just going to see the Blake Borders of old, if this wide receiving core could would even be serviceable. And they turned out to be more than serviceable. They turned out to be really good. It also helps that they have Austin Seferian Jenkins as your tight end, who was a really good tight end who just so happened to play for the New York Jets. So he didn't get the love that he deserved because he didn't really have a quarterback throwing to him (laughs) consistently. I was going to say, don't diss Josh McCown like that. <laughs> I, I, I can't diss Josh McCown because Josh McCown actually gave me something to cheer for as a Bears fan for, for a little bit. <laughs> but, so, I mean, offensively, they're in good hands. They have one of the best left tackles in the league in the form of Cam Robinson. I mean, you don't really have to worry about Blake Borders' blind side being racked a whole lot when you have that guy as their anchor. The offensive line in general is a really good offensive line for – the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I won't even really waste anyone's time talking about the defense. We know what this defense brings. We know they are hard hitting. We know they are smash mouth. We know they can beat you on them with the front seven. We know what they possess in the secondary. Let it obviously led by Jalen Ramsey, and you have Tashawn Gibson, uh, AJ Bouye, as well there. You know, and then if we really, if we have to look at the linebackers, Miles Jack, Tevin Smith. Uh, the front, and then on the line, Marcellus, Marcel Darius, uh, Callis, Campbell, Malik. Top to bottom, this defense is not one you want to mess with. If if I had to pick a team, this defense reminds me of. They remind me of the Seahawks defense when they went to back-to-back Super Bowls, but their front seven is a lot more lethal, in my opinion. I mean, they had really good linebackers and some good linemen, but this one is just all around. There is no weak. There's... I mean, the thing was, if you if you threw in the Legion of Boom in the middle of the field, they were going to destroy you. Yep. You know, whereas anywhere on the defense here, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they will get you, they will hurt you, and they will hurt you bad. So, I mean, they almost they almost threw Tom Brady off his game. So, all in all, this is a team that I expect defensively there shouldn't be any la- uh, lapses there, and then from an offensive side of they it really just rests on the consistency of Lake Bortles. And if I wanted to pick something where I'm not always harping on Blake Bortles here, I would say the, the health of Leonard Fournette. Cause if he could stay healthy for a full season, I would be terrified if I am the rest of this division. Yep. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I am a, I don't want to say I'm technically a bandwagon Jacksonville fan. And I will admit that, but I will also pull the hipster card and say that I liked the Jaguars before they were good. <laughs> I, I started liking them boo, I, around the time that they got the new jerseys. I'm not sure how long ago that was. Four or five years ago. I don't know. But they were bad. <laughs> I can attest to they were bad. Um, I just liked them for their jerseys. They And, and I'm also, as far as sports goes, I'm, I'm a fan of watching not great teams you know rise like I can I can see potential in teams and it's fun to watch them rise like um Houston when he when the Houston Astros 
left the NL Central, I, I kept my eye on them. Like, I would watch them and watch their roster moves and that kind of stuff because they, they looked like they had a lot of potential, and obviously they did. Um, so it's just that kind of thing. So I, I've, I'm i a big fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. They are close to my second favorite team. It's them in Pittsburgh. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm very high on this team, kind of. Uh, I'm a little biased, but I – I honestly try to look at this unbiasedly, and I'm still extremely high on this team. And there are a lot of people who aren't high on this team for a couple reasons, and I'll get to those in a second. So obviously you have to start at the head coach. Doug Marone's fantastic. Connor brought it up when we do, we're doing our awards show. Connor thinks Doug Marone is a head co- uh, uh, head coach of the year award, award candidate, and I think he's completely correct because he, he's he's just a great head coach. He he knows how to balance everything on offense. He knows how to use his very talented defense perfectly. He he's just a great guy to be leading this team. And the number one team on this or the number one thing on this Jacksonville team is the defense because from top to bottom, every position, it's really hard to find a weakness. Like it's it's extremely hard to find any weakness in this defense. Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, best corner in the game right now. And you can at me at that if you want. If you want to fight me, I don't care. Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league right now. AJ Bouye is not far behind him at this point. He's, you know, I AJ Bouye is top ten in the league right now. So you give me two top ten cornerbacks on the same team, that's a shutdown defense. Plus the two safeties and to, and Gibson and ah shoot, let me look at the roster. Gibson, oh, and Church, Barry Church. Fantastic safeties, hard hitting, over the top, good in zone coverage. Um, and then you have a lot of other uh, corners who are just able to fill in. The, the Tyler Patman is the first one that comes to mind. He he comes in and he fills up those third third string wide receivers really nice. Miles Jack is very underrated. To me, he is, he is one of the best linebackers in the game right now because he can play middle and he can play outside, and he does both of those. And he's a very good cover back or cover yeah cover linebacker like the dude is just incredible in coverage and especially with like the big athletic tight it helps that he's one of he's a very athletic guy so he's able to cover tight ends it helps a lot in that um and and the fact that I said it when the when the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted Ramsey and Matt and Miles Jack because it was the same draft they got him round one and round two they got the best two defensive players in that draft and I I think they have gone on to prove that. Now, the defensive line, you mentioned it. This defensive line is dangerous because they have uh, five guys <laughs> who can line up and who can just tear through an offensive line by themselves. But they have five different guys. So they have guys, they, they have bodies to move and they have, they're able to rotate and put fresh bodies in. And that helps even more. They have... Uh, Unique Ngakwe, Malik Jackson, Marcel Darius, Dante Fowler, and Calais Campbell. Now, there have been rumors that Dante Fowler might be getting traded. That's okay. (laughs) I like him a lot, but if he does get traded, we still have four monsters on that line. Like, Unique Ngakwe and Calais Campbell are going to be fine on the ends. Um, But I I, I think they should keep Fowler because Calais Campbell's a little older. So I, I don't know how long, how much longer we still have him. So keeping Fowler, and then you can put uh, Ngakwe and Fowler on the two ends. But anyway, that, that defensive line is just amazing. Like, it, And 
and it's a great pairing. I've been saying it all year. You can have a really good defensive line, but have bad defensive backs, and the line might not have time to get to the quarterback. Or if you have really good backs and not a good line, they might not. The, the corners aren't going to be able to cover long enough. You know, when, when when the quarterback has time because your line isn't getting to him, you have to have a balance. And this isn't just a balance. This is domination. <laughs> both on the line and in the backfield on defense. And even in the middle, they have really good linebackers in Jack and Smith. Um, And it's just – it's a scary, scary defense to look at. Now on the offensive side, Leonard Fournette is a great running back, like fantastic. I think he's top five in the league, Um, and he's really young. And he's a perfect fit for – not only is he great, but he's a perfect fit for Jacksonville. Like he he's ground and pound. He he can run most of the game. He can run more than, um, like he's able to run more than the quarterback needs to throw. Like he can do that. He he can take a big workload. So that's just perfect. It's a very good scheme fit for the Jaguars. The O line is very solid. Like like you mentioned, Cam Robinson is a beast. And then the rest of the line. That's why Fournette was so great last year too, and why T.J. Yeldon is able to have the success that he's had on this Jacksonville team because their O-line is really good, especially for blocking for the run. This this O-line is always, or it has been good for the last couple of years. They've really built that up. Um, And then we get to, I hate to say it, but it really is because the rest of the team is just so good. We get to the weakness of this Jacksonville team, which is Blake Bortles. But I everyone is so low on him and everyone harps on him and, I harped on him too last year. You can ask some of my friends. I kind of gave up on Blake at one point. I was like, you know what? This dude is not, he's not going to be able to win us anything, blah, blah, blah. I, it's, it's hard to look at him and say that he can win you games. But like I mentioned before, Doug Marone is a fantastic head coach. And Blake Bortles is a game manager. I've used that word a lot in these football reviews. Bortles is a, game manager and they know how to use him on the field they know when to because he he's got a big arm and he can hit the short passes so Doug Marone is able to really balance those out he knows exactly when you know after a couple runs he knows how to use the play action for a deep pass he knows when you need a couple of yards he knows that Bortles can get it out quick and get it to a receiver like he knows and he knows how inconsistent he can be, so he knows not to necessarily always rely on it. Like he, he Doug Marone is just fantastic at knowing how to balance this. So that's why that's why Bortles, as as much as he isn't that great of a quarterback, he fits he fits the scheme that Doug Marone has created for this Jacksonville team. Um, and then we get to the wide receivers; they're okay. That's what I I wrote. They're okay. I like them a lot. Marquise Lee and Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole really stepped up last year. When Allen Robinson went down, Keelan Cole just came out of nowhere in his rookie year. He was fantastic. Marquise Lee, he's a solid guy, but and he's a speed guy, so he's going to be those deep balls. And uh, D.D. Westbrook is really important on the return game. I'm interested to see what Dante Moncrief can do because I'm a, I've been a big fan of him in Indianapolis, and so I'm I'm hoping that he's able to step up and fill fill a role in Jacksonville. D.J. Clark or D.J. Chark, sorry that they drafted this year. I hope he's able to step up and be a factor. And then the pickup of Austin Safarian Jenkins, I think is great at tight end because last year, man, I'm trying to think of who even they had at tight. They didn't have a very good tight end last year. They they went from Julius Thomas and then he left. And then I, I they might've had Mercedes Lewis or something last year, which is good, but not, 
like a high caliber tight end. I think Austin Severius is, uh, or Severian Jenkins. I think he's a very high caliber tight end. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a good dump off option and like a good safety net for Blake Bortles. Um, so, so overall, this offense, as limited as it is with Bortles at quarterback, I think they can still score more than this defense will allow on a weekly basis because that defense is so good. Like Leonard Fournette's going to be able to put up yards. Bortles is going to be able to complete a decent amount of, you know, even if they're checkdowns, even if they're screen passes, they're going to be, this offense is going to be able to score more than this incredible defense will allow. They're going to outscore their opponents more than they won't. Like that's just how it's going to go. Um, The only problem for the Jacksonville Jaguars from last year to this year is the return of Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. And we'll get back to those guys in a little bit, but those two are going to be a problem for Jacksonville because the Mariota was the only like starter healthy last year in this division for that Jacksonville had to face. And the Titans were two and zero against us against Jacksonville last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jacksonville can game plan for luck and Watson, but we'll get back to those guys in a little bit. Do you want to add anything, Connor? Not really. I mean, like I said, my my biggest thing here is is the, the consistency of Blake Bortles, and I know it's just preseason, <laughs> but you know, habits can carry over. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, they they very well can carry over, and then it could it could also be a case of of him just getting it all out of his system. I mean, <clears throat> the Browns were the preseason champions of the world last year, and then we all know what happened after that. So. <laughs> It, you know, it, 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 this could all just be nothing. This could all be moot by the time we get closer to the, to the playoff push. But I really worry about consistency about, about Blake Bortles. That's the biggest thing for me that always has been the biggest thing to me when it comes to him. So we'll see. I mean, and he, 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 he almost has to play well because he is, He's he's the, he's the fourth best quarterback in this division, and what he does and that offense needs to score points. I mean, the defense can only keep him in games for so long, but the offense needs to score points because we know the other three teams will have no problem scoring points if somehow, for whatever reason, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, on the defense have been let up, so they've got to score. Right, the, and the defense can also score. We saw that last year. Oh the, yeah, the defense. Oh, yeah. The defense can outscore the offense a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they can't rely on that. Oh, absolutely. Really no, I completely agree. Um, all right, so let's move on to a team that I'm sure Connor is going to want to talk about a lot because of one guy. <laughs> the Houston Texans. Uh, Connor, what do you think about the Texans next year? <clears throat> all right. Let's see. Um... So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Connor Jordan Dougald Moore, and I am the advocate and the unofficial spokesperson and the preacher of the choir to the should-be-reigning Rookie of the year, and then he, 
you know, the 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 the, the injury in practice popped the up. But that was a yeah, it was a non-contact injury. But luckily, it wasn't like the Teddy Bridgewater non-contact injury because oh, a lot of people God. were. Yeah, a lot of people were worried that Bridgewater might not even be able to play again. I think they said it was even to the point where they thought they might have to amputate the leg. So yeah. luckily it wasn't bad. But anyways, back to, back to my thing. I am the advocate for the soon-to-be reigning, defending, I can't say undisputed, soon-to-be MVP of the National Football League, Deshaun Watson. Now that that's out of my system, let's talk about the actual offense put around him. DeAndre Hopkins, a top five wide receiver without a shadow of a doubt. Those two established one hell of a connection last year. The entire wide receiving core isn't bad at all. Will Fuller can hold it down. Bruce Ellington is also really good. Braxton Miller, the converted quarterback, has, sh- has shown Braxton me. Miller. Exactly. You know, he's, he's really good. Running, running back-wise, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue and Dante Foreman – you the you cannot be gifted more depth in the running back position if you tried. And the Texans have that depth in the running back position. The offensive line, I thought they were I thought they were good enough. I thought they kept Watson off of his back just enough last year. So I don't think they're nowhere near elite status in my opinion, but they are definitely good. They are definitely very very good. And then on the defense side of things, we keep saying it seems to be the running trend with the Houston Texans the last few years. If everyone stays healthy, this is without a shadow of a doubt the best defense in the league. We have always said that and has never fully come to fruition. But J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney, Jonathan Joseph, Tyron Matthew, who they just added for crying out loud. God, that's scary. Benardrick McKinney, Christian Covington. Top to bottom. This defense, they're not Jacksonville Jaguars level of elite, I don't think. But they can be if they stay healthy. That is the biggest question mark with J.J. Watt coming back and looking like basically the Hulk ate the Hulk. <laughs> it's very possible. Jadavian Clowney, now that he's starting to figure out how to stay healthy now, we're starting to see all the damage that we that we all thought and knew he could cause coming out of South Carolina. I really love this team. I have always been very high on this Texans defense for the past few years, mostly because of J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney, but I have been so high on this Houston Texans defense. The biggest Achilles heel for them has been the injury bug. And offensively, they have all the pieces in place. They have a franchise. They have a star. They have a future star. Actually, scratch that. They have a star in this league right now. I'm definitely not wearing my Deshaun Johnson, just Deshaun Watson jersey right now as I say this. <laughs> oh, I, I should have wore my Jalen Ramsey jersey. I definitely did not actively search for my Watson jersey. Connor, no, we're can, talking about. This. Can we watch Texans and Jaguars games together? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a team, honestly, that when the cylinders click, offensively they are really solid. Defensively, they are healthy and cause the havoc that we all know they can cause. 
they can pull a Jacksonville Jaguars last year. This is a team that when all the cylinders click, they can very well go to the AFC Championship game. Health is going to be the biggest thing for yes. me with this team. In that, and it doesn't just and it doesn't just start at. I mean, it doesn't just start and end at the defensive side of the ball. It also goes on the offensive side as well. We saw DeAndre Hopkins get dinged up a little bit. Lamar Miller got dinged up a little bit, and then of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Deshaun Watson the injury, but he's looking really good. He doesn't look like there's any rust at all. So this is a team, in my opinion, taking out my Deshaun Watson, taking out my. Up, taking out my bias of the soon-to-be reigning, defending, undisputed future MVP of the league, Deshaun Watson. Right, taking pull, out my bias for that. This is a team that could very well make it to the AFC title game. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Gonna have to get through Jacksonville. Um, they can. They, I know. I, I, comp- I think I, they yeah. I mean, when Jalen Ramsey, the guy who just proverbial, who, who he always talks crap about quarterbacks, honestly. Yes. He, he has nothing good to say about really any quarterback, except he had a pretty good things to say about Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, duh, Tom Brady, duh, and 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 a few others. But when but a that's a Ramsey, that's a high class to be put into. Like <laughs> that's I some mean, high praise. That is a very high praise to put into, and he. And the same guy who is a division rival of Deshaun Watson called said Deshaun Watson a future MVP of this league. Yeah. So yeah. I think if the best defense in the in the NFL has the respect of has Deshaun, you know, they yeah. respect Deshaun Watson, you best believe the entire NFL realizes what this dude's capable of and what that entire offense is capable of with him on their center. Yeah, I completely agree. This this Houston team is it's scary because even like even with their defense like their defense has carried them to playoffs and that's not easy like normally you need a solid you know solid team altogether to get into the playoffs and then you need a good defense to get through the playoffs this Houston team in the past those four times that they've won this division they have had incredible defenses and very very mediocre offenses so and the and it hasn't really like They've kept most people. They've they lost Brian Cushing because he got old. And that's really like the only like that's the biggest hit that they've taken to their defense. And it's so it's it's just amazing because their defense was good last year, even without uh or even with the injuries, but this defense now gets an insertion of JJ Watt, who is I think all around the best football player in this league. Like he's the best athlete. He's just the best player, just all around the best player. Uh, Whitney Merciless, fantastic linebacker, and then they bring in Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. That just makes this team way too scary. <laughs> this defense is going to be fantastic. Jadavion Clowney has stayed healthy, and he's getting better and better every year. He seems to be adapting to the NFL, which is good. When everyone after his rookie year thought that he was going to be a bust, he's proving that he's not. And the cornerbacks, which are definitely not the level that that Jacksonville has, they are still good enough to cover for the three seconds that it takes Watt <laughs> and Clowney to get to the quarterback. Um, and even, you know, past that if they need to. But this deep, it's scary. Like, I, I was giving Jacksonville a lot of praise, but you look at, like, on le- based on every level, 
on this defense like I was going before. The defensive line is phenomenal. The linebackers are are great. And the secondary is okay. The secondary is good enough to cover as long as they need to with that line. This defense will be able to will be able to stop a lot of people. Now the offense, Deshaun Watson, is the key to this football team because I I do believe that he's a future MVP. You're gonna have to wait five years for Aaron Rodgers to retire, but he is a future MVP, and. He yeah he's the key to this team because if he stays healthy and he can play to any near anywhere near the level that he was playing when he was healthy last year, this team is going to be very hard to stop. Um, the the O line is going to have to step up because like like you said they did they protected him fairly decently last year. But I I'd if I was the Texans and I had Deshaun Watson, I would want to strengthen that offensive line because the less that Deshaun the let me say it this way the more that Deshaun Watson stays in the pocket the the better I'm going to feel <laughs> as as a Texans fan like I I I wouldn't want to see him move that much obviously he can and he will which is fine we see quarter, you know Aaron Rodgers moves all the time but those kind of quarterbacks get hurt you know, it, it happens. It that's just, that's the nature. That's why they call it high risk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and so if I were the Texans, I would want to beef up that O line. Like it's decent, but it's not great. Now you seemed higher on the running backs than I am because Lamar Miller was good. For some reason, Miami is just really good for running backs because even Jay Jai, when he went to Philly, he def he dropped down. It felt it felt like it, it. He wasn't putting up the same numbers, and and Lamar Miller has I don't think has done nearly as good since he's come over to Houston. In my opinion, I I I guess I haven't looked at the stats, but it to me it seems like he hasn't been doing as good. And Alfred Blue hasn't done much for me either. I haven't seen anything remarkable out of him. Deontay Foreman has potential, but he's still young. So I, to me, the running backs are meh, but I think with Deshaun Watson in that offense, it's going to help because their uh, defenses are probably going to be playing the pass more. Uh, wide receivers are fantastic. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the league. Will Fuller can hold his own. Braxton Miller, I'm really high on. He's just a good football player in general. Like he was a quarterback and he killed he killed the Big Ten at quarterback for Ohio State. And then I I heard that he was converting the wide receiver and I got scared for the rest of the league because the man can run. Um, so, yeah, they, they have a really good receiving core. That's going to help. That, that just makes the offense even more dangerous. The tight end is iffy. Ryan Griffin, I'm not high on. So, I mean, if anything, he'll be a decent safety net, I guess. Um, but, yeah, overall, overall, the defense is great. In my opinion, not as good as Jacksonville because of the defensive backs. I think corners – are becoming more important in this league. So as as good as I think, like like Houston's defense as a whole is as good as Jacksonville's, I'd say because of the defensive line, because because of JJ Watt, really, like JJ Watt just makes that defense better. But like I I would I'll I'll get I'm going to be giving the edge to Jacksonville strictly because of the back four, because they they just are 
incredibly more talented than the guys in Houston. So, but but they're still but this defense is still great. The Houston defense is still amazing. Um, it's it's still good enough to win games because this offense is going to be able to put up more points than Jacksonville's offense. So it, it balances out, um, especially with Watson at uh, quarterback. So they'll, they'll be able to outscore their opponents more often than not. Also, anything you want to add? I'm gonna tell you, like I tell, like I've told everybody on Hawk Talk, and like I try to preach to the to my faithful Chicago Bears, but they didn't listen. You do not go against the sacred stone. It is, it is, it is written on said sacred stone. It is the prophecy. Deshaun Watson will lead this team to the promised land. It is just a matter of time. That is not a prediction. That is a spoiler. Okay, Paul Heyman. <laughs> it is. It's the prophecy. He is the prophecy. Oh, but in goodness. all, I did you really think we were going to talk about the Texans, and I wasn't going to get that one out at least once? Come on. That's now. true. That's true. But in all honesty, though, I do think that this division could very well. It's going to be a very tough division overall and we still have two teams to talk about who i think who who i'm i'm very there's one team who i'm iffy on and there's one team that i've always been relatively that i've always been relatively uh, confident in for whatever reason i think it's just a false sense of confidence spoiler alert i'm iffy on both of them (laughs) (laughs) but you know this as I'll give my own spoiler here. I do think that this division will probably come down to this team and the team that we just met, that we just talked about. I think the race will probably come down to it. I completely agree. And we'll get to that towards the end of the show when we do our final standings predictions. Um, oh, and for those of you who are curious, I have a sequel to the Connor Moore slash Harry Potter things that I've been doing. The first, oh, one, the first one was uh, Connor Moore and the Sacred Stone. And I'm working on posters for this one and the sequel. <laughs> you, there's posters. I'm okay. working on learning how to use Photoshop, <laughs> and just just be on the lookout for. So I'm not gonna give away the title for the second one either. I'm just gonna say that I have a title. Connor doesn't know it either. <laughs> I'm gonna be very disappointed if somewhere on these posters there's not a big number four in the name in the last oh, name Watson somewhere. You don't <laughs> think I'm gonna put you in a Deshaun Watson jersey? <laughs> Anyway, I have a, I have a sequel. I have a sequel already. So don't you guys watch worry about out, that. J.K. Rowling. We're oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This is gonna be a money franchise. I'm telling you right now. All right. God. Moving on. Please. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Connor, what do you think about the Colts? They get Andrew Luck back, and I'm so happy because it's almost impossible to hate Andrew Luck. How can you hate Andrew Luck unless you're a New England Patriots fan? But or no unless, you have, to... unless you have to listen to him for an extended period of time. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I'm nitpicking. I love Andrew Luck, of course. I was going to say, the only people that hate Andrew Luck are New England Patriots fans, but everyone hates them, so what does it matter? Anyways. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at this team, right? I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball. And obviously the biggest upgrade is you get Andrew Luck back, a guy who is an all-pro quarterback, a guy who we know is very immensely talented. I just... I mean, and and they have T.Y. Hilton, an an all-pro wide receiver. Eric Ebron is a really good tight end. 
And they probably have the best backup quarterback in the league in Jacoby Brissett. Hopefully they don't really need to go into that. But I can't help but think Jacoby Brissett will be used this year because I do not trust this offensive line. I saw something on watching NFL Live that apparently they've they've had a multiple am- amount of line changes and different starting uh, starting linemen and everything throughout Andrew Luck's t- tenure. They need to find consistency because he they can't afford another year where he's hurt again. They really, really can't. They can't afford another year where he's missing a, an X amount of games. And I don't trust that offensive line. Um, there's also talks I heard that uh, Jacoby Brissett might be getting shipped out. Well, they'd be stupid. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then from the wide receiver standpoint, you have, like I mentioned, you have an all-pro wide receiver. And who else? That that the who who's going who's going to step up? Who is going to take the load off of T. Y. Hilton? And do you trust Ryan Grant? Who knows? Maybe he maybe he maybe he turns out to be really good. Is James Wright the guy? I don't know. Is Chester Rogers the guy? Beats me. Is Zach Pascal, Steve Ishma, any one of these wide receivers on the roster if they make it to the final fifty three fifty three man roster? Are are they are they are they are they going to be enough to you know to take some of the pressure off of T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron? I don't think so. There are and then the running back side, uh, Marlon Mack. I mean, who? <laughs> he's who? I mean, serviceable. Robert Turbin. I would say Turbin would probably be their guy. I would I would hope so, but even like even him. then he's <clears throat> he's at best above average in my opinion. And going on the defensive side of the ball, Malik Hooker is one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of my favorite safeties in the league, in all honesty. Defensively, I th- I think there is talent there. I don't. I think it's probably the quote unquote weakest in their division. I would say. I. I have more questions about this team than I really do really the other the other three in this division. Yeah. You know, I wonder yeah. if this defense can stop a Jacksonville Jaguars offense. You know, even, even, even with even, Blake yeah. Right. Even with Blake Bortles, I still wonder. I really wonder if they can stop a Houston Texans offense. Yep. And then And even Mariota. Exactly, and you multiply that, my feelings for Houston, and you get my feelings for Tennessee. So, I they're decent. Is That's the best I can say. That is the best I can legitimately say about this Colts defense, is that they're decent. And you can't have it, and knowing the other teams in this division, you, can't, you need to have at least, at the very least, an above average to good defense. Decent okay. isn't going to cut it in this division really it's not going to cut it in the AFC at this point I mean even though the AFC I think is starting to get a wee bit weaker I would would 100% NFC is and the NFC is an absolute bloodbath right now yes but still a decent defense especially in this division isn't going to help at all 
even if Andrew Luck stays healthy, even if he somehow finds a guy to take the pressure off of Ebron and Hilton, you know, they, I, I, I worry about this Indianapolis Colts team. I legitimately do. I mean, I hope that, I hope that they prove me wrong. I really want them to because I really like Andrew Luck and I want him to really be a good, a, a great quarterback. I still think he can be, even with the team around him. But man, is it going to be hard for this team to do a lot of, to do really anything in this division, given the other three teams around? Yep. <laughs> this, yeah. So, <laughs> let me. I'm going to take you through the first couple bullet points of my notes because they're pretty funny. Um, so I tried to. What I tried to do with all of these is kind of put my initial thoughts down without looking at rosters. So here are my initial thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, My first bullet point, a team that I used to have a a soft spot for because of their punter, Pat McAfee. Yes, he was... Whom you you have an unhealthy obsession with. Yes, which has only grown because of Barstool. But yes, I was a Pat McAfee fan even when he was punting. Because Wasn't the, the entire league a, a Pat McAfee fan? I think point. so, because the dude's okay. just, he's just flat out entertaining. And yeah, he, so he was good. So I used to have a soft spot for this team, not so much anymore. Andrew Luck is back, but he's throwing interceptions and getting sacked in the preseason. So he, he hasn't thrown a football hardly. He threw a pick. Oh, he's okay. Someone actually brought this up. When I was I was I was watching this on TV okay. and they and and I did and I was thinking about it for like the rest of the day I was like oh damn he's right unlike I mean it's especially for the quarterback position and when you have like a, an injury like Andrew Luck had and the thoughts that we were wondering if he was going to have any zip on his ball again or even if he was going to throw and everything yeah it they training camp. And preseason are essentially what his quote unquote minor leagues, you know, to get the arm warmed up to get it back to where it want to get get it back to where it once was because he hasn't played in what oh, almost twenty months it feels like I mean it's been a long time since, since the dude actually played a game of football. I mean, he sat. I mean he was gone all last season. So, it, it's, I mean I this preseason I think is almost. You prefer him to throw the picks here to get to get fair. his arm straight back, to get his timing back, because he hasn't seen a football field in over a year. That's true. So it's not like he got hurt mid-season and then last season, and then you know he came back and he's doing all this. Then I'd be like, okay, what's happening? But he hasn't thrown a football in <laughs> over a year. Like I said, these were my initial thoughts. Okay. I will I will get back to Andrew Luck because I do have some actual thoughts on this. So yes, that the, those were, and then the last bullet point. <laughs> I I will read this verbatim. I can't wait. I could not name a single other player on this team before looking at the roster. <laughs> the only person that I could think of was Andrew Luck. Not even T.Y. Hilton. Now that is my next bullet point, where it literally says, "Shouldn't have forgotten about T.Y." <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you had to make that a separate bullet point. Yep. Because well, then I go on to you know he's a great wide receiver. Him and Braun or him and Ebron are the only so uh, yes. <laughs> so that's my that's basically my overall feeling on these Colts. Like yikes, yikes is really what it comes down to to steal a McAfee to, uh, quote. Like this is it. It's it's a yeah. So all right, let me actually break into this. So Ty yes, fantastic wide receiver. I've always been high on him. Eric Ebron, 
I always thought was underutilized in Detroit. I think he I think he can be a good weapon for Andrew Luck. You but, know Matthew Stafford's going to miss him this year. Absolutely. 100%. But that's all that Andrew Luck has on offense. Like like honestly, I look at this wide receiver first of all, I couldn't name anyone else. Second of all, I look at this wide receiver depth chart and it looks like uh one of them uh automated rookie classes on Madden. Ouch. That's disrespect. Yeah, well, they need to prove me wrong because that's disrespect. You know what? It, it's okay, so that's where I stand with Andrew Luck. Yes, I understand that he's been out for forever and that he hasn't been throwing a football and now he's got to get back into game speed. And I believe that he has the talent, he has the smarts, he has the attitude to come back and he he can be a great quarterback again. I really don't think that this will mess with his career. It'll, you know, obviously he missed last year and it'll take him a little bit to get going this year. So bump in the road, you say? For, it, for, yes. just, for just his career? For his career, this is only a bump in the road. Okay. But I think the All bump right. in the road is going to continue for most of this season. Because I don't think he has the talent around him to actually have a bounce back year. Like, it's hard for me to come out here and say that Andrew Luck is going to be great when, A, he has basically two reliable receivers in T.Y. and Ebron, and, B, he has to play two, I'll say two fantastic defenses and one that's not too shabby in itself in Tennessee. The six times a year, these six games... Out of the 16, he has to play fantastic defenses. I don't even know the rest of the schedule, but just those in general. Like, those two defensive lines against a quarterback who hasn't thrown in a while and a, and a very iffy offensive line, or very inconsistent offensive line. No, it, I would say iffy. I would I, yeah, say iffy. iffy. Like, they can be good. They show signs of being good, but they're very inconsistent. They're very iffy. And consistently showing that they can be bad. Yes. So... That's where I stand on luck. Like I was giving, I was giving him shit earlier because you know he's thrown an interception in the preseason, but like I, I still am iffy on him for this season because I don't believe that the Colts have the talent for him to have a bounce back year yet. Um, especially at, at running back, how do I have to go back? So okay, I did say Robert Turbin. I'm pretty high on. I liked him. He was in Seattle. I'm pretty sure. Um. Wasn't every running back in the league in Seattle at one point? Probably. John Lynch retired. Let's be real. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, uh, Marlon Mack never heard of him. So I. Did he tell you? He he. Is he a rookie? Uh, no, he's not. All right. Well, the the guy behind Nehem Hines is behind him. He's a rookie. But Christine I, Michael was also a Seahawk. He's a, he's listed on the roster. Oh yeah, look at him. You know, I don't. Little, I wonder if he's gonna make it. Little fifth string back there. <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna make the fifty three man roster. He's. That deep in the depth chart, yeah. And then looking at this defensive side, Jabal Sheard is really the only other person I can actually say is a threat on defense. But even then, he's going to be – it's easy. Like when you only have one dude on the line who can penetrate, you just double-team him, and then you have to make the other guys take advantage of that double-team. But it doesn't look like they have guys who can necessarily do that on a consistent basis. And then the backs – you know, the middle of the offense, the linebackers won't be able to do anything. The cover, or the coverage won't be good enough to last as long as they're going to need. I don't think this defense is going to be good this year. I really don't. It doesn't impress me whatsoever. Um, overall, I like the Colts, or I don't like the Colts. I mean, geez, 
just I don't like the Colts this year. I like Andrew Luck, but I don't like Indianapolis because, it, and everyone, it it really seems to me like everyone like everyone's like, oh, the Jaguars and the Texans, you know, they're going to be in trouble this year because Andrew Luck is back. Yeah, well, the rest of the team isn't really back. <laughs> the luck luck is back, but he doesn't have a very strong team around him. Defense is going to give up a lot of points. And even in games that they don't, this offense is going to struggle to put a lot of points on the board. This is the weakest roster in this division. By far. Do you 110% want to... yeah. agree. Yeah. You want to add anything else or should we just move on? No, I think I think the way you summed it up yeah. and the way you closed it was the best assessment of this Indianapolis Colts team. They have... An all-pro quarterback, an all-pro wide receiver, and a really good tight end. And that's it. That's about it. Jabal that's Sheard, who's going to be double play or double teamed on every I was play. Say Jabal Sheard, and I would say maybe Malik Hooker could be in that category too. But outside of that, <laughs> yeah, this this you in comparison to the talent, the rest of the talent in the in this division. Yeah. I feel for Colts fans. They will struggle. They will. They will. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's move on before we get to our predictions. The last team in this division, the Tennessee Titans. Who do you have this year? Or not? Geez, who do you have? What do you think of the Titans I this year? I have always loved Marcus Mariota. Oh, I won't okay. pretend like I don't. I have loved him since he was in college. I have loved him since he was drafted. So that so I've always kind of had my eye on the Tennessee Titans since they drafted him. I will get that out the way right now. Fair. And then, and then the running back core with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. That's. That's thunder and lightning if you've ever I seen it. I was going to say, that's, that's a really good combination now that Derrick I think about Henry it. Is, Derrick Henry looks like he ate about three Deion Lewis's. Derrick Henry looks like a tight end. Derrick Henry is just, he is a freak of nature. Yeah. Dude's physically. huge. He's, and then there's Deion Lewis, who's about my height. And who is one of the quickest players I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. So you have that with Marcus Mariota and... If they if they want to go with the option plays and everything like that, if they want to go with RPOs, you can't really go wrong with any of those three there. Uh line, uh fairly uh pretty decent line. Really love the tight end Delaney Walker. I You kinda think, have to at this point. <laughs> I, I think he is criminally underrated when you look at all the other tight ends in the league. I think he is one of the most criminally underrated tight ends in the league, for sure. Wide receiving core, Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor, Michael Campanaro, Tajay Sharp. Again, good guys. You know, they, they, they can get the job done, but there's not, but there really isn't a name of that receiving core that jumps out at you and just like cover him. Yeah. Please, but without a shadow of a doubt, cover him. You know, that's. It's it's difficult to find a guy like that on the defensive side of the ball. Malcolm Butler is still a really good cornerback. Brian Arakpo, I think, has done a good job of being a, a good uh, linebacker. I would I don't want to say got his career back on track since he left to walk the Redskins, but I think he's. A but very he's still consistent. a solid guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely a so, definitely a solid guy. Definitely. A guy who is the one of the most more consistent linebackers in the league. 
Will Compton is another one of those guys who pops up to mind. Derek mm-hmm. Morgan is Derek Morgan as well. Uh, the front three, you know, in the form of Daquan Jones, Benny Logan, Jarrell Casey, I think that again can also get the job done. I like, I like this defense. You know, Kevin Biard and Kenny Vaccaro also on the safety side of things Love as well. That, Kenny Vaccaro. Same. Uh, Kendrick Lewis is. This is a team that can compete. They 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 can be competitive. You know, they it's a talented roster. They have more than enough pieces to be competitive in this division that I think is pretty top heavy with two teams. So I do think they can compete. I do think they could they can compete against the rest of the league. You know, obviously making the playoffs and causing the noise that they did is you know can't be can't be frowned upon and can't be ignored. But this is a team that it, if they want to get to the playoffs, it's wild card or bust for me. It's wild card or bust because something would have to go drastically wrong with Jacksonville and Houston is going to have to essentially implode and everyone's going to have to end up on IR. And we already talked about how we don't really trust the Colts. Yes. So this is, again, this is a team that can compete. They can be, they, they, they're a really good football team. I think they have much more talent than the Indianapolis Colts. I think their only hope at a playoff spot here is the wild card. Otherwise, I think they'll just be on the outside looking in, which is of no fault of their own. It's just that their division could hold their division alone holds two playoff teams. So the more I think about this, the more that this division reminds me of another division that we've already covered. For anyone who listened to our predictions of the NFC South. These two these two divisions are very similar. To me, each division has two top-heavy teams. One division has two fantastic quarterbacks. One division has two fantastic defenses. And those two teams will rule the, their division. And then they have one team who doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> and is not doesn't have the talent to even compete with the rest of their division. And then you have in the in the NFC South, it was the Carolina Panthers who were kind of caught in the middle, who have a very good, a very inconsistently good athletic quarterback, good running backs, a decent O-line, and a serviceable defense, but pretty lackluster at wide receiver. They have a very solid older tight end. <laughs> they have very, you know, and they, uh, everything that I'm saying is going towards both the Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans. Inconsistently good quarterback who's mobile. Older tight end, weak wide receiver core, um, serviceable, uh, serviceable defense, and that's about it. They, they seem to be caught in the middle between – the two top-heavy teams, and the the team that doesn't really know what they're doing yet this year. And that that's how I feel about this t- Titans team. The, the word that I have throughout my notes on this one is lackluster. I'm not very high on this team. The, the roster to me is very lackluster. I personally, <laughs> this is my note, personally don't know how the Titans made the playoffs last year. And 
And I, the other part of this is, I guess they had to by default because Houston and Indy lost their quarterbacks. <laughs> like someone had to win in this division other than Jacksonville. So, and and Mar- Mariota, I'm he has a lot of potential, but you know, I made the comparison to Cam Newton. I think he's very inconsistent. Like he has not found he, he hasn't found a consistent way to play quarterback in the NFL. Um, and he doesn't have very, very much help this year. They lost to Marco Murray at running back. And, yeah, they have a good Thunder Lightning thing. I like that comparison in Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. We'll see how Deion Lewis does outside of the Patriots offense and Bill Belichick. And Derrick Henry was pretty inconsistent without Murray last year. So we'll see. Delaney Walker is great, but he's 34 years old now. I don't know how much longer he can keep it up. And he's a tight end. <laughs> You need wide receivers in this league. Wesley Woodward, great, 32 years old. Brian Arakbal, also 32 years old. Best defensive players on the team, but getting up there in age as far as defensive players and as far as linebackers go in general. They lost Jonathan Cyprin uh, for the season, and they brought in Kenny Vaccaro, which is going to be a great replacement for him, I think. you know, Maybe not to the same level, but I, I think Vaccaro, he's a good hit, hard-hitting safety, so he'll he'll help a lot. And then, obviously, the addition of Malcolm Butler. I'm still iffy on him, too. We, we've seen a lot of people leave the Patriots and not do good, so we'll see. I think he has the talent to be okay. And it, lackluster O-line, lackluster D-line. Everyone other than Walker, Mariota, Vaccaro, Woodward, Arakbo, and Butler are very lackluster to me. Like, this... Like, they can be good. They have talent, obviously. Like, last year they made the playoffs, and they made some noise in the playoffs. But overall, it's it's just lackluster. The whole team is just lackluster. And with Luck and Watson coming back, the Titans are – I think they're the team that's going to suffer the most. Even though I'm not high on the Colts, I still think – I've been preaching this – I've been preaching this the entire NFL preview that we've done. Quarterbacks are important in this division – and even even with the Colts' rough roster, I still think Luck is going to be able to will this team to a couple, you know, a, enough wins. They, I, I don't think the Titans have the talent on offense to compete with the defenses that Jacksonville and Houston has. So, lackluster. That's all I'll say. You want to add anything? I don't know. I just feel like talent-wise, I think they're more – they have as much – they have as many question marks – as the Colts do. Actually, I wouldn't even say that. They have the second most question marks in this division behind the Colts. Mm-hmm. I just think that they have... I think in comparison to the into the Colts, yeah, they even though they have the all-pro quarterback and everything, and who has the ability to, to will them to more wins, Yeah, I just think there's more around Mariota to help, them, to help him. Not by much, <laughs> but ju- not yeah. by much at all right but he has enough around him and on the defensive side as well where they can get the job done and be and be more competitive than the Colts but I mean that's why the games need to be played I'm just from a just looking from a roster point of view I I lackluster I think is maybe a little bit maybe a little bit too harsh I think but uh I don't know I just I don't see this team making the playoffs, although oh, I think no. they have a, although they have a better, a much better shot than the Colts do. Yep. 
in my in my opinion. I I say all this, and I'm mm. not trying to rip on the Colts guys. I'm really not. I don't have a vendetta against the Indianapolis Colts. I had the soft spot for the longest time for this team, except for the one year they beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. But know. I've had a soft spot for this for, with this Colts team for the longest of times. I want to like them so damn bad, but man, it's just hard to look at that roster and be like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna run it." So, yeah, oh, yeah. So let's get to our standings predictions, Connor. Let's do yeah. Let's do number four. Who do you have at the bottom of the division? I I I hate to do it to them, but the Colts, man. I mean, I I really hate to do it to them, but it's like I said, I it's it's not going to be Andrew Luck's fault. I in a way, I can kind of agree with you. When you say that this entire year is really going to be him getting his foot, getting his, you know, getting his feet back into it, getting the game timing down, I think he gets caught up with the speed of the game relatively quickly. Andrew Luck's a very smart guy; he's a very talented guy, but it's just there's a lack of guys around him. You know, T.Y. Hilton's obviously going to going to have a, a really good year now that Andrew yep. Luck is back. Yep. Eric Ebron's probably going to have one of his best years of his career. You know, going from Matthew Stafford to Andrew Luck, and that's not a, that's no disrespect to Matthew Stafford. That's all the praise to Luck, right? Yeah. But outside of that, it's that does not really much around outside of those three to help. And then the defensive side of the ball, I just I don't think they're going to stop many teams a whole lot. I think there it's a very inconsistent defense. Someone's got to finish fourth, and like I said, I think as far as talent-wise on the roster, as it stands, the Colts have the weakest roster in this division. So, I had I had the Colts at four, because that's where I thought I was going to put them. But then I, I actually went through each schedule, all four schedules, and I literally counted on my hands what games I thought the teams would win and lose and wouldn't you know it i had tennessee losing more games so i have even though i ripped on indianapolis and i but i still think i tennessee's schedule looks harder and the colts schedule looks a little softer to me so i'm gonna go with tennessee at four because of the inconsistency of Mar- Marcus Mariota, like I said, quarterback play is huge, and I'm I I have them around five and eleven. All right, who do you have at three? Uh, Titans, Titans. I th- I think I'm more I think I'm a little bit more sold and a lot higher on Marcus Mariota and just this Tennessee Titans team in general uh, than you are just by a little bit. I think I don't think we're very far off in yeah. our opinions and assessments on this team. Yeah, you know, I th- it could it could the Colts could easily finish third. I th- um, just as much as the Titans could. I just think as of right now, looking from a talent standpoint, the Titans they have more. They have. A little bit more talent in more places where where it needs to be in the skin, especially in the skill positions. Defensively, you know, we know what more what what they could be in comparison to the Colts. So, I think third is a good place to put the Titans. Like I said, they are a team that can find a way to sneak into the playoffs again, but it's only going to be via wild card. Yeah. Um. So, I have I have the Colts at third because because of their lack of talent 
everywhere on the roster, basically. Um, I, I liked your points about, you know, T.Y. is going to have a big year. Ebron will probably have one of the better years of his career. Uh, but I, I, Luck's going to start slow. But the, the second half of their roster, second half of their schedule, sorry, is uh, is not as difficult. So I I do have them winning one more game than the Titans. I have them at 6 and 10. So still not good, still not even close to a wild card in the AFC, but I do have them one above just because I think Andrew Luck even though I don't necessarily think he'll find his footing too early, I think he'll find it late in the season and I think they can rack up a couple wins. All right, who do you have it to? No, this one's very. This is a very tough one. Honestly, I, think I have a two. feeling. I have a feeling that this is going to be one of the divisions that we don't agree on whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. I don't even really so much think it's that we just don't agree on it. It's just, well, yeah. I, I think. I think both of us might just be might be apart, just literally on a few small technicalities. Yeah, here. absolutely. So, wow, this is this is very hard. But I, you know, I'm gonna. For now, and I don't say this with a whole lot of certainty either, I really don't, but I am going to put the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the only reason why is because I need to see what Blake Bortles does. He is the only reason why. I love that defense. It is an elite defense. It is the best defense in the league. Bortles has the pieces around him. Doug Morrell knows how to get the most out of Bortles. Mm-hmm. We saw that last year. And when a, when you have a healthy Leonard Fournette, when you have that offensive line that has been rock solid and that receiving core that is shown to really hold their own without Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. this is, that Jacksonville Jaguars team very well can finish first. Yep. I'm not saying they're in second place because I firmly think they can be there. This is a team that can be first place. And I and I and, and there's a good part of me that kind of does think that the only reason I'm putting them second right now, I need to see more from from Blake Bortles. I want to know if last year was a fluke. I hope it's not, because if it's not a fluke, they're they're going to be a first place team in this division. But for right now, the only reason the Jacksonville Jaguars are the number are the second are going to finish second in this division. By the way, they're still in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Yep. They, they're still in the playoffs. The only reason Jacksonville is in second in this division is the quarterback. You said that quarterback play is huge. I completely concur. And I would much, I would much rather take a guy who I know is, who we all know is immensely talented and is coming back from a, from an injury than a guy who we've had to spend the last six ish years wondering if he'll ever unlock his potential. And, and he's already struggling right off the bat. So if the quarterback play improves from Bortles, I'll change my mind. That's completely fair. Now, I was very on the fence with these two. And let me be straight. Whoever doesn't win this division will be in the wild card. I firmly believe that. Now, normally, I would say that quarterback play dictates all. But for these two teams, I'm going to say, I'm going to change it up a little bit and say that cornerback play is going to dictate the future of these two teams and yes i did the same as i did for the for the bottom two teams i went through counted how many wins i thought each team was going to have and this is what i came with at number two i have the houston texans i have them around 10 and 6 because 
they they face a couple more teams that may not necessarily be stronger but have a little better offenses. So it's I so their defense may struggle down the stretch as far as their backs go because I'm I'm not sold on their defensive backs as good as their line is and as good as the, you know a couple of their linebackers are I'm not sold on their defensive backs. So cornerbacks are ruling the day here. I'm going to say Houston at 10 and 6, number 2, making the wild card. And obviously I don't have to ask, but just for argument's sake, who do you have at number 1? You say that cornerback play is could be the thing that separates these two teams, which I can definitely see. I but I think the addition of Tyron Matthew Ooh, helps yeah. Joseph become who I think he was already a really good cornerback. That's going to elevate his game even more because they know teams, even though they don't really want to test Joseph, they really, really don't want to test Tyron Matthew if they can help it. So they're gonna, so they're gonna, they're gonna test Joseph, and I think he's gonna answer the call. And we already talked at length about this Texans defense, mm-hmm. front seven wise, and then on the offensive side of the ball, as I mentioned before, despite the knee injury, and I'm going and pushing aside my biases for Deshaun Watson. I would much rather take a guy who we all know and have seen that he's immensely talented and he's coming back from that injury and looks good so far in preseason. I would rather take that and take my chances with that than a guy who, even when he put together, quote-unquote, his best year last year, the jury is still out on him. That is, I would much rather take my chances uh, with that. I think these defenses have the capability of going both one and two in the league, oh, yeah. not just not just the AFC, the league. Yeah. But I so I think by just those small technicalities, and one of which I won't even necessarily say is a small technicality, a fairly decent technicality in the form of quarterback play, the Houston Texans win this division, and I do think that the road to the Super Bowl, obviously, it runs through New New England because they they're the defending AFC champions, but. They are one of three teams who I think the road to Super Bowl runs through in the AFC. New England's one of them. Hmm. The other two are in this division. Yeah. Uh, defenses aren't great until they have a nickname. Purple People Eaters, the Steel Curtain, the Legion of Boom. And I believe that the winner of the AFC South will be the Saxonville Jaguars. And strictly because of their defense. I think cornerbacks rule the day. Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye are two of the best in the league right now. They're definitely the best combination. They have great safeties behind them. They have a great front seven in, ahead of them. Blake Bortles will even if he doesn't put up good numbers, he won't throw too many interceptions. And my my big caveat is if Leonard Fournette stays healthy, I am fully confident that they will win this division. If he if he even misses like three or four games, that's gonna hurt them a lot. I like TJ Yeldon, but he's not at anywhere near the same level as Fournette. So honestly to me, because I'm I'm confident in the defense. I'm very confident in the defense, and I'm confident in the way that they'll use Blake Bortles. 
and the and the way that Blake Bortles has evolved. The 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 key for this Saxonville team will be Leonard Fournette. If he stays healthy and he's able to put up big numbers like he can, this team will win the division. I have them at eleven and five. So only only one game. It's only one game ahead of the Houston. It was very close, but I I have Saxonville, and that might be a little biased, but I don't even care. <laughs> so that wraps up, wraps up our AFC South predictions. Stay tuned for Friday when we hit another division. Haven't decided yet, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit another division for Friday's episode. And uh, yeah, so let's wrap up the podcast with some segments, winners and losers. Connor, who do you have winning today? Oh, man. You really thought the resident White Sox fan of the podcast wasn't going to go with the fact that the White Sox called up Michael Kopech to pitch? You know, his day was cut short. He threw 52 pitches in two innings. He got screwed of a, of a strikeout call, and there's a lot of foul balls, and he got into a lot of 0-2 counts. He only went those two innings because there was a rain delay in the White Sox game, but the future is very bright. And here's a stat that popped up on Twitter on Twitter while we're, while we're recording this. Sure. This is from MLB Pipeline. The most 95-mile-per-hour pitches in a single game in, the, in Major League Baseball this year was 79 by the Braves' Mike Fol- Foltonwitz. That was in uh, May of 20... Uh, in, on May 27th. I know I said his last name wrong. <laughs> Probably. White Sox number two prospect, Michael Kopech, through 41 such pitches in the first two innings. Well, I believe one of his pitches reached as high as 99 miles per hour. This is a guy who can hit who can hit triple digits on the gun. As a control, starter. As a starter. This is a uh, control is the biggest thing, but he's really reined that in in his last few starts in Charlotte prior to prior to bringing him up. That's incredible. Hey man, I am so pumped. They brought up Kopech. All the, I'm waiting for the day they bring up Eloy. It's time to let the, it's time to let the prospects run loose. So I gotta say, so I've gotta say that. And since I'm on the and since I'm on the uh, topic of White Sox prospects, I'm going to say this to anyone who's listening who's a White Sox fan and everything. And I'm mostly subtweeting my parents here. Give <laughs> Yohan, give you give Yohan Moncada some slack. Just mm. because he's striking out a whole lot doesn't mean his career is dead in the water. It's still an adjustment period. Everyone's readjusting. It's fine. We are fine. But Michael Kopech is definitely a winner. I'm glad to see him in the show. That's just, that's some incredible stats. I'm not gonna lie; like that's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, my winner is Baker Mayfield because I don't know if anyone saw this, but Baker Mayfield won the internet because he ba- Baker got a new underwear deal, and the way that he promoted it was a shirtless picture in his patented bandana, of course, shirtless picture. Uh, low, low wearing jeans so that you can see the underwear, of course. And I think it, what is it? P P S D underwear is he, is his new deal, his partnership with them. And the picture is him in that outfit, as I explained, up against a very nice looking car. Was it a Rolls Royce? I'm. That's what I'm trying to. I think so. I can't tell for sure. But sitting right in front of the car is a tiger. And some people online were like, oh, it's probably a fake tiger. No, there's a picture of Baker walking the tiger. It's a real tiger. And not only is it a real tiger, it is the tiger from The Hangover. 
It is the quote-unquote Mike Tyson's tiger from The Hangover. Obviously, it's been a tamed tiger. Obviously, it's tamed. It, uh, yeah, it's been in movies and stuff. It's a tamed tiger. So, holy crap. So, and, and not only has Baker won, because this is a great ad and good for him for getting a deal, a partnership, you know, finally get to start making some money on the side. Um, but not only did he win, but the internet won with all the captions and all the memes that came out of this because some some of this great stuff someone said that he looks like uh he's out here living in a rejected script from hbo's ballers um someone put uh, a conversation and it says hugh jackson said you're gonna have to earn your stripes and baker buys a tiger (laughs) um there's the picture of him walking the tiger it's a mike tyson's tiger that was in the hangover like yeah, there's more pictures of him walking. This and this was just great. Like it's good and it's good publicity for Baker. And I hope I I hope he doesn't get rushed into that Cleveland job because I think Tyrod can Tyrod can manage that team honestly, but and but Baker is the future of that of that team. I just hope he doesn't get rushed into a team that isn't ready to win because then that could play with his confidence, that can play with all this stuff. I hope that he I I hope that he goes in at the perfect time, honestly. And I don't know when that's going to be. It could be late in the season. It could be next year. I don't know. But I I wish the best for uh, Baker Mayfield because he's gotten a lot of shit over the years. And I he he just seems like he's a he's a really smart dude. Like obviously, I think he had a lot to say with this ad and with this partnership announcement. So I I wish him the best. Stay winning, Baker. Um, before we go on to losers, I do have a quick shout out. Because uh, my my friend Chad that I've mentioned here on the podcast before, he went on a binge of all of our shows and he's been listening to all of them. And he wanted to correct me and, and you on a on a quick on a on a take that we had about the the Brewers pitching staff. Yes, he texted me and he says, "Oh, by the way, Yolis Chassin is eighteen and eight. This was this was on Thursday that he texted me. Yolis Chassin is eight and eight. And I said, okay, wow, I didn't know that, first of all. Second of all, it feels like those eight losses, he let off a lot of runs. And and Chad said, who gives an F? He's 10 games over 500. Wins are wins. Who cares about runs? Um, and he said, you better apologize next cast. Chassin deserves the love. And and then he, he pulls this stat out, which, good for Chad. I'm, I'm glad he, he knows his stuff. He said... If pitcher, if the rest of our pitchers picked like pitched like Chassin, the Brewers would be eighty four and thirty nine. So yes, I do believe that Chassin deserves a little more love, and so to me, I and I I I have been giving him love. I say he, you know, I I keep saying that he's the most underrated pickup of the offseason, but to me, he still seems inconsistent. But. But apparently his numbers say otherwise. Um, so yeah, I have to I have to kind of eat some words here and say Yolis Chassin has been a very good starter for the Brewers. So thank you, Chad, for that. Uh, I'm, the, correction. I'm not I'm not taking back everything I said about this rotation. <laughs> you can apologize if you want. I'm, just Chassin. Okay, yeah. Just Chassin. I mean, the numbers, yes, Chassin, Chassin is statistically the best pitcher on the Brewers. Yeah. Okay, and that that's still not going to make me walk back everything I said about how I don't trust this rotation. Cause oh, I'll me know. either. I still don't that's trust the rotation. Gonna, 
and that's not going to walk back me saying, oh, they can easily, they can easily es- escape a wild card game, even if they send Chassin. Because I still don't think they do, because there's because they're going to run and most likely going to run into the St. Louis Cardinals, and they have been going, they have been world beaters as of late. So. If we lose to the Cardinals in the playoffs again, I swear. Mm. Hey, man, could be worse. Just be ready for an entire episode of Mad About It after that. Hey, could be worse. Could be the Cubs, but... I'd rather... <laughs> no, I'd rather lose to the Cubs at this I point. I wouldn't. I, but, I mean, granted, everyone loses to the Cubs now, but... I, it's, just, it's the Cardinals, man. So, I mean, congratulations, <laughs> Julius Chassin. You have the best record of, uh, of a <laughs> starting rotation that is very, very incredibly, undeniably underwhelming. Someone had to be the guy, and it happened to be you. <laughs> Congratulations! Oh boy, I'm not. That's if if that's going to be my form of an apology, then sure. But it's the most half-assed apology I've ever given in a sports take. Oops. <laughs> On to losers, Connor. Who do you have losing today? Me and Messi. Because the oh, the nominees came out. For the UEFA Player of the Year award, right? Yep. The top three nominated, and who go in, and these are this is in the in the listing of the ranking of where they are. So one through three. My boy Cristiano Ronaldo, who is obviously now the uh, a Juventus player. Yep. Real Madrid midfield talisman and World Cup semifinalist Luka Modric. Okay. And Liverpool winger who set the world alight, the world and the Premier League alight last year, who I really, really, really don't want to say I like him because he plays for my for a rival team, but it's hard to deny talent. That would be Mohamed Salah. Those are the three that are nominated for the award. The top three get nominated. Yikes. Lionel Messi did come in the top ten. Oh, that's good. But he finished fifth. Mm. Number four was Antoine Griezmann, the Atletico Ooh. Madrid striker and the French striker as well. Griezmann, yep. And Le- and Lionel Messi finished fifth. And everyone's and of course all the Messi heads is like, oh no, no, this is this is this is unacceptable. This is this is everyone just loves Ronaldo, which which yeah, but yeah. kind of I deservedly. Mean, like everyone really loves Messi too, but he's a he's a loser here because. I mean, I don't want to say it's it's a fall from grace, but he had a very underwhelming World Cup. Yep. He didn't. There is some very crucial matches in the Champions League and everything where I don't want to say he didn't show up, but he wasn't Messi esque. Don't get me wrong; he still tore up La Liga and all of that. But I mean, overall, from a European, from like from. Europe from a European standpoint, not just their domestic league, but from a European standpoint and a World Cup standpoint, Messi didn't really do a whole lot. And it, it's hard to deny. Obviously, Mohamed Salah did. Luka Modric did. And Cristiano Ronaldo, do we really need to get into what he did? Right. So, I mean, it, 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 and the reason why I said Messi's a loser here, because I mean it's it's Lionel Messi. It's it's between him and Ronaldo who are who's the greatest in the world, you know? Yeah. It's so I mean for him to not 
he made the top five, yeah, but for him to not be nominated, I think I think it just says more about the other two who were in the form of Modric and, Sal- and Salah. And it just also shows that, you know, even if you're the great Lionel Messi, substandard performances in big games, and even on the World Cup stage, which I don't think they took into account, but still, that, that can cost you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, on a, but on a selfish note, score another one for Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to try to sneak that in. <clears throat> Damn right. My loser today is uh, the big baller brand slash the Junior Basketball Association. Oh, you um, mean the guy who's left? You mean the lead that's led by the guy who's all like undefeated, never lost? Yep. That apparently could beat LeBron James 101, could beat Michael Jordan 101 in his prime. Right. Oof, yeah. Well, okay. And. And in my and in my heyday when I played baseball, I was at one point the a better prospect than Bryce Harper. Get yeah. out of here. This dude, uh, this dude seems to pull a lot of a lot of stuff out of his ass, and apparently he pulled the biggest one because uh, the, the 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 Junior Basketball Association has been a joke because apparently, according to the ex JBA player Brandon Phillips. The league only paid one-third of what it promised him. He paid for his own bags on every flight and saved nothing. Owed He has owed more than two checks, but no one is answering his phone calls. And ultimately, he gave up his college eligibility for a, or 1K. That's it. He gave up the chance to go play college basketball, D1 college basketball, get an education, and get scouted by NBA. And this is what the Junior Basketball Association did for him. I thought the, I thought the league was going to be a joke in the beginning with because I knew that I yeah. knew he would rob these kids of that's all, exactly of to go to college basketball. That's exactly what I was just going to say from the beginning when he announced that when when Lavar announced this basketball league. I knew that it was going to be a joke, and I felt bad for any of the kids who fell for it. And now I feel even worse because this is this honestly is worse than I even thought it was going to be. Because it's one thing to like pay them, like not pay them a lot or whatever, and 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 not. It's one thing to do that, but to promise them more than you can afford to give them, and then not give them that, and be. And and then to be dodging phone calls and avoiding people, he screwed he screwed some kids out of their futures. He, he screwed them out of a chance at the NBA. He screwed them out of a chance of an, of uh, a high D one college uh, education. And I I feel bad for all these kids. And all in the name of just making the ball family look good. The, this is this is why I have a hard time almost wanting to root for Lonzo because I despise. Buys Lavar yep. in the worst ways possible, and this just adds to the list. Big, broke bandits. Boom. All right. I like it. Before we wrap up the podcast, we always have one last thing for you guys. Connor, what's your one last thing? I got bored the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't all great stories start like this? Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. I got bored the other day. And I went back and looked through my emails to look through and find a certain YouTube video. That YouTube video 
consists of footage that may be long, long, and forever hidden from anyone from Whitewater, except for the few people maybe from who went to high school with me who have seen it when it was posted and everything like that and all of that. There is a video that does exist, my dear co-host. A couple of videos. Well, several videos, actually, but videos when I was in show choir, videos when I was in group pieces, group dance pieces, group singing pieces, and in the two years that I was a part of it, pieces where I, in my, in my first year of show choir, rapped the song Men in Black, and in my second year, I did the song I'm the Man by Aloe Black, and those videos exist and they are set to private and may never see the light of day. But this got me to thinking. This got me to thinking, actually. <laughs> this got me to thinking, and what some and what one of my friends here texted me got me to got me to thinking. They were just like, hey man, since you're going back and it's your last year, why don't you go out with the bang? They're like, doesn't Whitewater have some variety, have some talent show thing for homecoming? I was like, Yes. He was like Yes. Don't they always have connections to bands? I was like, probably. You should go on stage one last time. And at first, I called him an absolute barn and a whole lot of other words I don't want to say because I try not to swear a whole lot on the show. However, I may or may not have a prospective list of songs that I would, that if I had the help of a band, I would, for one night only, in the name of the radio station, and I better have my custom. And I should, and at that point, I would hope I have my custom either Hawk Talk soccer jersey or 91.7 soccer jersey. I haven't figured out which one I'm going to get yet. But I'm thinking it's, it's going to take a lot, and it might take the entire e board staff to finally push me over the edge to actually agree to it. Well, let's just say I have a perspective list of what I would probably do. One of a couple of them are Fall Out Boy songs. The last time that the radio station did win the variety show, uh, Zahair and Company. Shout out to Zahair if you're listening, by the way. And his band did Sugar We're Going Down Swinging by Fall Out Boy. Mm. So, you know, maybe I post the videos. We'll see how we'll see how many people react at the end of hearing this on the podcast. Fifty retweets. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> 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 but the videos are out there and it got me to thinking I might I might come back out of retirement like wearing the 4-5 like Jordan we'll see I'm interested now <laughs> we're gonna get this we're gonna we're gonna get this happening <laughs> that doesn't that does not mean destroy John and Amanda's a phone in the name of getting me to do it oh well no but once they get here you know I mean I don't know I'm going to be at the station a lot, just saying. <laughs> Tom's going to hear this, but he's immediately just going to go on the group chat <laughs> that yeah, the is. radio station has and just destroy. And just, he's going to get everyone to just gang gang. It's going to reach a point where I'm just going to have to scream, okay, I, I'm going to do it. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, you screwed yourself on that one. <laughs> hey, man, I'm at, if I have to do it, I'm at, I'm at ease in doing it now. I'm just like, whatever. No one expects. No one expected me to do show choir back then. No one would expect me to do it in Whitewater. So, I'm excited now. I don't. I I find more than one way to shock the system, my friend. 
Shock the system. Um, one last thing for me. I, as much as I've said that football is back, I can't wait for college football to start. Over the, over the last couple of days, they've released the uh, preseason rankings and the preseason uh, All-American predictions. And I forgot how good the Badgers are going to be. Like I forgot how good they were last year and how they just barely missed the playoff. And I forgot how many people are actually coming back, how many people didn't actually leave. I'm so like the Badgers are fourth overall in the preseason rankings. So that's super exciting. And they have three players projected to be all Americans. TJ Edwards, the linebacker, Jonathan Taylor, the running back and Bo Benchwall, the offensive guard. I cannot wait because Jonathan Taylor was a freshman last year. He's going to be fantastic. He's such a good running back. The only other uh, running back that's better in the in the country is, I can't think of his first name, but his love in Stanford. I can't think of what his first name is. But anyway, he, he's really good. TJ Edwards is fantastic. Is it, is it Bryce? It is Bryce. Bryce Love, yeah. Bryce Love at Stanford. Great running back. But Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. Bo Benchwall is one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And TJ Edwards is fantastic linebacker. Like he he's really good in coverage and everything. So I'm so excited for Wisconsin football. And and Alex Hordingbrook, he's actually been fantastic for the for the Badgers. And I think he's been really uh consistent. And I think he I think he's his senior year is going to prove to be his most productive, especially and and even with this running back, it's gonna be great. I cannot wait for college football to begin. Um I want to do a college football episode once we wrap up these NFL predictions and then you know we'll probably take a break and do a couple normal episodes um but I really I do kind of want to do something along the same lines of kind of what we did here but not nearly to the same extent like it would only be one episode and we would probably go like through the top 10 teams or something like that and maybe I don't know but we'll see I I want to do a college football preview episode We'll let you guys know. We'll keep you updated on that if we're going to do that. But if not, we'll just be talk. We're, we'll be able to talk college football all all fall anyway. After after all that stuff happens, so I can't wait because football. I I just can't wait for football to be back. Connor. Oh, also before before I have Connor take it out. Um, look, if you're listening to this podcast Wednesday morning. Be on the lookout for a second bonus episode on Wednesday, on today, later today. That will be going on. You know, it'll it'll be a it'll be a podcast episode going on later today. Be on the lookout for that because Wrestling Wednesdays is starting this week, and it'll be every week on Wednesday where we review Raw and SmackDown. So be on the lookout for that. Connor, take us out. Man, you took exactly what I was going to say at one <laughs> point, but. Better better you to say it than me. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, iTunes. We're on there. We have a five-star rating. Let's continue to make that because the more it gets a five-star rating, the more it becomes on everyone else in the world suggested list. And the whole, and the whole world thing, I'll get to that in a second. But for iTunes, first round Kale, find us, subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. Shout out to everyone who has done all of the following or most of the following and listens to us. All of you are great. SoundCloud, give follow us, give a drop a heart. That's their version of five star things. Continue to listen to us. 
Amsterdam, Netherlands. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks for supporting us. We, re- we, we really appreciate you guys over there. We appreciate all of you guys who listen to us as well. So those are the big, so those are the best ways to find us there on iTunes and on SoundCloud. On Twitter, look for us at FRKL Podcast. Look for Kyle at Bolson2K18. And pest, and if you want to try to pester me to finally break out of singing retirement, shower singing apparently won't count here. But <laughs> to break me out of retirement, find me at Connor Moore underscore seven. Links in the description. Next episode, we break down more divisions in the AFC. Which division will we talk about? Who will it be? Who am I high on? Who is he high on? Who am I low on? Who is he low on? I don't know. You're going to have to find out. But stay tuned for that. In addition, stay tuned for Wrestling Wednesday later today when we continue on doing what we always do, which is shocking the system. Don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kinda tired. Where the Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis dag. Stone cold bachelor. Acid rapping chancellor. Couple years in amateur, but never had a chance. We are you see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.